Hey everyone, in this episode of Girl Things, we are talking about some stuff that may be triggering for some listeners. We're exploring the complexities of body dysmorphia and eating disorders. So if you or someone you know is in need of some support, a link to the Butterfly Foundation is in our show notes. Thanks so much for listening. Hi everyone, welcome to Girl Things Podcast. I'm Naomi. And I'm Erin. And this is a space to chat about navigating your 20s and 30s, being a young mum, relationships and everything in between. Join us two lifelong friends for weekly episodes to dive into the highs and lows of life. Hi everyone, welcome back to Girl Things. In this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about bodies. So as two kind of millennial women, Nimi and I have experienced many iterations of, I guess, body trends, and we've both lived through some more toxic um, relationships with our bodies. And then we've had other times where we've really had to surrender to whatever's happening and just go with the flow. Mm. So we're going to do a deep dive into that and share some of our kind of very personal mm-hmm. experiences. And try also, and be vulnerable. And try very, very hard. Um, yeah, and just open up the convo to what we as women go through and the impacts it has on us and, and I guess internal now mental health. We hope it kind of normalizes some of the feelings you guys have and helps us all feel a little more seen and heard at the mm. end of the convo. Yeah. But let's uh, let's kick off. Nimi, how was your week? What's the high and low? My high for the week is the other day uh, on Thursday, I took myself on a little date and it was so nice. I went and I had a really lovely breakfast at Clovelly and then I went for a really nice swim in my favorite little uh, pool there. Yeah, I love that. It's not an actual pool. It's just a rock pool, but it fills up and it gets really deep. And crystal clear and just Crystal clear. It's just gorgeous. And it was so nice. I spent a couple of hours there just sort of swimming and sitting in the sun and just riding and just really chilling out. So it was really lovely. Yes. Love that. And um, what was the low? My low this week, I'm actually first of all problem, but struggling to find a dress that I really like for my brother's wedding, which is next weekend. So (laughs) yeah, look, cutting it fine, but thank God for the iconic and their same day delivery. But yeah, I've been sort of searching high and low. I do have one. I like it, but I don't love it. Uh, Yeah. So if anyone has any nice dresses out there for a wedding, uh, hit me up. Thank you so much. And what is something you're loving? What's your sill? My sill this week is yesterday. I went to Bikram Yoga and I used to do this many years ago and I really loved it, but I probably had more of a toxic relationship with it (laughs) uh, back when I did, but we can talk about that more in this episode. Uh, But it was really nice going back and doing it with a really healthy kind of perspective on movement and sweating Mm. for those who don't know it's uh an hour and a half long yoga class long long time it's a long time oh my gosh towards the end of it I was like when is this gonna fucking end (laughs) but you feel so incredible after you do it in a 40 degree room so it is hot um oh my gosh I'm having a flashback to the time that we did it (laughs) No, she didn't just fart. She like was stretching Mm. and we were both sitting directly behind her. (laughs) 
And she farted like four or five times. She's like, <laughs> and it near killed me. I was, we okay, were both just laughing. You're sitting in a very tranquil, dark <laughs> space. And the whole purpose is to be incredibly meditative, go within, focus. And Erin and I were trying so hard not to look at each other because we we knew that if we looked at each other, we would but absolutely we lose were, it. We were in, like, there was a massive mirror wall in front of us. I couldn't not yeah. look at you. I was literally coughing to try and cover the laugh. Tears streaming oh, down my mortifying. face. Or sweat, can't tell, but... Oh, it was so funny. Also, a dead silent room. And imagine someone doing, like, a child's pose and they're just, like... Just tooting in your face. Tooting in the face. Oh, it was so funny. (laughs) Anyway, that's my something I'm loving is the Bicky Yolks. It was really nice to do it. Your turn, sweetie. What's your high? What's your low? What's your something you're loving? Um, my... I'll kick off with me low this week. My low was... I mean, it's not, like, a a big downer, but I um, did daycare drop-off yesterday, Um, and there were kind of like some speech pathologists in the foyer, like offering free advice or whatever. And I don't know, but if you know, speech pathologists are fucking expensive. So I was like asking them 50 million questions, (laughs) getting the free consult worth. Um, but they kind of just like flagged some minor issues with, um, Marzi's speech. They, they were just like, you know, um, suggesting that he get some get some help before he goes to school so that was just kind of like I was like oh damn like I felt a bit bad I mean I know it's not like my fault but um I'm his mum so I felt like I should have maybe noticed sooner or something so it kind of put a bit of a damper on my day but you know he's still he's still almost a year you know 10 months nine months off going to school so we still have some time to plenty of time to help him out yeah and they're just like obviously very blunt so they were like oh he has really poor like speech intelligibility or something and I was like fuck really poor like that's Mm. strong but you know and and I feel like since then like it's only been 24 hours but I've been like like Mars we're reading five books tonight (laughs) but like everything he says I'm like (laughs) is that sport yeah I feel yeah I just I feel so I yeah anyway I mean I can barely speak but that is that's rough I could yeah I just not nice having someone qualified in a specific profession be like yeah so your kid struggles to talk yeah you're like oh fuck does he like I understand everything he says yeah and it's hard because I'm so like obviously I do understand anyway I I just I found it a bit overwhelming and I just Mm. felt really bad I was like oh my god like does he feel like no one understands him like I felt really guilty but obviously um you know that's the you know now we know so now we can you do, know yeah you have a little plan in place yeah exactly he's got ages before he goes to school yeah it'll be we'll sweet. get there yeah um and then my high was we've just been having the tv on less at home which has just like been really nice lots of last night we just had dinner and we did we did this high and low but as a family and mars made us like raise our hands and like it was just so cute that is so cute it was really really cute i was just gonna add to that i feel like subconsciously we've added a high and low to this podcast intro because i'm just realizing enrico makes us do this every time we have dinner yeah guys like what's your high and low from the week we go like around the around it is cute yeah so i'm only just making that connection now yeah but we do (laughs) thanks sweetie uh but yeah so we did that last night with the kids and it was just really cute and um 
Mars like tries to make up Mellows because she can't really talk very much. So <laughs> I was going like, to say, what did Mello say? <laughs> no, I'm like, Melly, did you have a good day? She's like, good. Yep. And then Mars is like, no, she told me. I can tell you I was there. Um, <laughs> she did play with this boy, Benji. I'm like, Melly, did you play with Benji? No. Okay, sick. Um, anyway, so that's my high. And then something I'm loving is the change in weather. It's a bit cold today. And okay. I love, I love warm weather. Okay, I love daylight savings. You get it. You're a June baby. <laughs> But I do love a little, a little cozy cuddle. So it was, um, it was nice waking up. It was a bit cold this morning, but I'm ready for it to go away. I cold think already. is freezing. I'm wearing long pants, a long okay. shirt and a cardigan. It's 20 degrees. It's not freezing. <laughs> that's cold for me. Um, but yeah, that's something I'm loving. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. We've got, we've got a lot to cover. I feel, uh, yeah, it's a big topic. Yeah. Could be a part one and then a part two. Who knows? Yeah. All right, let's go. Okay, Ezzy, I have a question for you. When did you first become aware of your body in the sense of how it looked? When I was in probably six, maybe seven, I had kind of a group of girlfriends. There were maybe like four or five of us, maybe four of us. um, And they were all quite petite, small gals. And I was just so much bigger than them. I don't Mm. know if I I just... um, developed earlier but I was much taller I was just like probably heavier mind you like I was not a big kid like I was still quite small but they were just Mm. smaller I guess um and I was like the first one to like sort of have boobs I guess um and so yeah I became I became super self-conscious about just being like a giant and I think like comments would have been made like Mm. probably good-naturedly good naturedly mm, whatever whatever sure. sure let's go with that um just about me being like a giant um yeah, and right. so I became like like quite from self-conscious your about it. little group of friends yeah. yeah and I mean god they were like 13 so you can't, can't yeah. blame them but not, mali- not malicious no but, but like it definitely made me super aware of like my size mm-hmm. and looking a bit different and feeling quite different to the people I hung out with which I think impacted the way that I felt about my body for many many years after Mm. that I was just so so conscious of being like the biggest person in the room even though I was absolutely not in hindsight Mm. but but at the time I mean when you're 13 it's like yeah feels like a lot what about you yeah um I'd say around a similar age like primary school, I never, it was never something I really thought about. Then earlier high school, I suppose, like people will become more aware of their bodies in a way. But do you remember like a specific instance? I was putting cream on my wheat pinks, <laughs> which gross, <laughs> but also wheat beaks with cream and brown sugar is I honestly mean, fucked up. I've good. never done it, but it sounds oh, divine. I've done the brown sugar. Who Bobby. doesn't? Yeah. But I've never done the uh, the, the cream. cream. Oh my gosh. Seriously, try it out if you're a Wheat Beaks fan. We like lived off Wheat Beaks as kids because we had so many kids in our families. Mum was, as soon as we were hungry, yeah, have some Wheat Beaks, darling. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Looks like I'm having some football. cardboard. <laughs> yeah. But I remember putting cream on my Wheat Beaks. And I remember my dad, which he would not have said it maliciously at all, but he was like, oh, darling, I don't know if you should be doing that. Like, you know, you got to got to watch like you know what you're eating kind of thing at times and I was like oh okay unbeknownst to him created a whole host of issues for me 
<laughs> Poor Timmy. Poor Timmy. No, he didn't mean it in a in a way where he was I mean, not poor Timmy, poor you, but... Poor me, yeah, not poor dad. Like, shut up. Don't make any comments about your young teenage daughter eating anything. But, yeah, he was... uh, I remember he did make some kind of correlation between me doing that and my body. I can't remember exactly what he said, but there was a comment made. And, obviously, it did something in my subconscious where, all of a sudden, I was a lot more aware of my body and what I was eating and things like that. So... Yeah, I think that's when I first sort of had an awareness. And do you feel like it then, like, did it grow from that or you kind of... I think I just had, like, intermittent moments of, like, being more aware and then I'd kind of forget about things and live my life and and stuff like that. And I feel really lucky the school that I went to and the people that I was friends with there was no one there that had an unhealthy relationship with food Mm. or their bodies or anything like that. I feel really thankful that I didn't have the internet in the same way kids have the internet now. Yeah. Which I think there's a lot to say. Which is so interesting because I, some of the people I went to school did have really like problematic relationships with their bodies and did Mm. struggle with some eating disorders, like out of, at super young ages, like 14. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and we, yeah, we didn't have Instagram then. We mm-hmm. didn't have, I mean, we had Facebook, but we didn't have the access to social media that like my kids will have when they go to school, yeah. which terrifies me. But yeah, we had like Bebo. Yeah. Which was. Shout out to Bebo. Shout out Bebo. Miss you. <laughs> but it wasn't, yeah, it was the internet in a way where it wasn't like your access to seeing bodies and ideal idealized bodies it just wasn't like that there was like dolly mag but dolly mag and stuff like that but yeah there was nothing there was a lot less opportunity to compare i think yeah absolutely the only people you could compare yourself to was people in real life and Mm. we just didn't really do that i just that's not an acute kind of memory that i have i don't have this distinct memory of being like oh your body looks like this and i'm jealous or anything see i do have that yeah definitely i would i would have compared like i said like everyone was like a lot more petite than i was so i definitely would have compared to people but I don't like if I think about it now, the relationship that I have with my body now, I compare a lot more because I have access to looking at so many bodies on Instagram Mm. and even not even seeking them out, just like showing up on my feed. Yeah. And I will always compare myself. But I think now I'm an, you know, almost 29 year old female. Mm. I have the sense to talk myself out of that and I have a good kind of sense of self and a pretty good relationship with my body now I would say like and I still compare like I can only imagine what kids or younger women feel looking at like having the access to Instagram that they have for example without that this might sound strange but like in an like they're not consenting to that either they're Mm. not consenting to seeing this stuff all the time it's really just in their face. Oh, absolutely. It's like, not even people awful. you follow. I feel like when I was a teenager growing up, like, yeah, sure, we had things like Bebo and MySpace and, and things, but they weren't, prob- they weren't problematic insular. like that. Yeah, and it was very much about, like, the genuine social connection that websites like that brought. The only problematic website or internet kind of thing I remember was Tumblr. And on mm. Tumblr, there was, like... A, and that came later. That was, like, probably... Yeah, that was when I was in, like, year eight? 11. Yeah, okay, year 11. Yeah, you were a couple of years below me in school. Yeah, true. So, you so would mine have would have been year 9, 10. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that, that was more of a problematic... I remember that being problematic and there being, like, 
just pictures of like rail thin like models and there was all of these yeah. like eating disorder and blogs you were and stuff. Very much a Tumblr girly. Oh yeah, Frankie magazine, Tumblr, what's up? And also loved like kind of like obscure like modeling mm. models things yeah, like, like that and you did modeling guys, for a while i did and i also bleached my eyebrows can show a pic. so i just want to say i can show a pic of that oh you are not doing that <laughs> she took a picture of my old passport yesterday which oh. i it looks like i have no eyebrows i wish i could share it oh no erin if you I do won't. that i'm never talking to you again <laughs> this podcast will die <laughs> what was i gonna say about that I can't remember. But you were a Tumblr girly. And that definitely girly. impacted it. Yeah, 100%. Um, Do you yeah. feel like that led to... Obviously, we're going we're gonna to dive in to kind of... I feel like for, out of the two of us, not to compare, but out of the two of us, you have had probably the most change in your relationship with your body. Oh, yeah. Aside from me I mean, having children. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's kind of like I had an eating disorder and you had kids. So it's sort of like... <laughs> same time. Same time. Um, no, but I think... I mean, more in the sense that, like, you had an eating disorder, you were vegan for a long time. Which was an extension of the eating disorder. Of the eating disorder. You then, like, became really comfortable in your body. You then had another stage where you were like, okay, I'm not feeling great, started going. Like, you've you've gone through a lot of, like, phases of your body. I think we Mm. should talk about what you feel led to, like, quite a severe eating disorder oh yeah because i remember noticing at the time tight grip on me and i remember noticing at the time like Mm. i remember asking your brother like what's going on like wow you've never told me that babe yeah i remember asking him like oh is she okay like what's going on and he was like oh what do you mean she's fine yeah i was like she weighs 40 kilos babe (laughs) sorry that's not not funny funny. (laughs) it's not funny but just like in hindsight it's like so concerning oh hugely but you're you are such a chill kind of person that mm. I think you approach with like oh I'm fine what do you mean that oh yeah like, I oh, okay. we just like brushed people but yeah talk to me about how you feel like we got we you got there <laughs> no we're in it together yeah <laughs> um I do distinctly remember it happening when I was in year eleven I got really sick. <laughs> Oh, I swear I would not talk about sickness this episode, but here we are. <laughs> it's past illness. It's past illness, like, 15 years with? ago. I had a really bad flu, and then I had a really bad gastro, so I, like, Oof. dropped a lot of weight in a really short amount of time, and I ended up having maybe two weeks off school, and I reckon I probably lost, like, maybe between, like, five to seven kilos wow. from being really, really sick. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Just in bed, not eating, like vomiting, etc. Lost a lot of weight. And then when I went back to school, like people were commenting. They were like, whoa, you look like you look so skinny. Like, like almost praising me for. Oh, that's rough. Yeah, but it was strange. And I don't hold anything against these people. Of course. Because yeah. I think naturally people just comment on people's bodies all the time. Like I do it myself. Yeah. And I do think it's, it's sort of low key, not an ideal thing to do just no, don't say not. anything about anyone's body mm. full stop it is hard though i do it so to hard. you you too it's like yeah it's it's we need to unlearn like unlearn that, that yeah behavior but anyway yeah. sorry back to school yeah so that happened people started commenting and 
yeah, it kind of just like naturally progressed into like a full blown eating disorder. Just you thinking like, oh, if they think I could look good like this, like I should maintain this. Yeah, I think I felt a pressure to maintain it. Not for other people, but yeah, people were noticing and commenting and things like that. And I think at that time in your life, like you're really coming into yourself. I was at this really amazing school. I was making all of these new friends and I was Mm. having a great time. But I think with that came a lot of anxiety as well. And I think the older I get, I've tried to unpack why I had an eating disorder. And I think for a lot of people, it is it's an avenue for people to maintain a sense of control in their mm. life. And I think it was an extension of like being an anxious person. It just gives you something to focus on constantly. Mm. Like, you know, when I was in the depths of my eating disorder, like I was tracking every single thing I ate. I knew down to the calorie that I'd consumed that day. Wow. I knew what kind of exercises I need to do to work off everything that I had eaten, even though it would have been like an apple and a rice cracker and a diet Coke or something. You oh know what I mean? God, like yeah. so, so unhealthy. Um, yeah, but it, it gave my brain like something to, to focus on and and really when you're in the depths of it, you're just not thinking about anything else. Yeah. Like you're really just thinking about about that. And yeah, kind of in a way gave my brain a break from thinking about a lot of other things. Do you remember anyone ever specifically like asking you about it or like? Like point blank being like, do you have an eating disorder? Mm, I guess if they did, but otherwise just like kind of alluding to it. Mm, I remember... I remember, I think it was James, my brother, actually. Mm. I feel so bad that this happened. It makes me feel sad. But I remember him printing off all of these things, like, from Google or something about anorexia. Oh, my God, I could cry. I know. It's so funny because he sort of feels like the, the less emotional brother. But I remember him printing all of these things off and like showing my mum and being like, this is Naomi, like, she does all of these things. Oh, my God, I could cry. This, this is like, she, you need to help her because I don't know. I don't hold it against my mum and dad and my mum yeah. and dad are really beautiful people. Absolutely. Yeah. But they were very sort of oblivious maybe, or just yeah. maybe were like, oh, it's just a phase she's going through. It's like, okay, I struggled with this for like five to seven years. Yeah. Like that's a big chunk of my it time. It is a big chunk I of time. I lost my period. I didn't get my Did period. You? Yeah. I didn't know that actually. I lost my period for years. Like I didn't get wow. my period for years. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just so frail. I was so exhausted all the time, like just bone tired. Um, And just so, so frail, like so so tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think my lowest weight, I I don't want to focus on numbers, but I was like in the forties. Yeah. Just really, really. Which is crazy. Yeah. And tall. You're quite tall. Yeah, I am. I'm like 170 something centimeters. Do you remember what kind of, I know we spoke the other day, actually randomly, we spoke about how, um, you spoke to like your GP or something and they were like, um, you may need to go to hospital. Um, oh, right. Yeah, but do you remember, was that like the, the beginning of coming out of it? That Okay. So yeah, I remember mum taking me to the doctors. I think I was sick again, maybe. Well, your immune system would have been. Cooked. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just like unwell. 
Uh, and I remember the doctor like looking at me and weighing me. It's still the same doctor I have now and he's such a beautiful man. But I remember him weighing me and basically like saying point blank to my mum, if she doesn't start eating, I'm going to have to admit her to hospital. Mm. And I think at that point, my mum was like, oh, okay, this is like a way bigger problem than maybe you How did you feel like being in the room when he said that? Were you like, Oop. I was scared. I was a bit like, oh, fuck, like I've let this go. I've I've let this go way too far. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, and I remember at that time... It's kind of funny because social media to me, I think is really problematic for people with body image issues. Mm. But also at that time when I was really struggling, it helped me to kind of get out of having an eating disorder. It helped me in the sense of like, I started following all the, these like vegans. I don't know, like Lonnie Jane was really big back then. She was this, she was like a vegan yeah. goddess yeah um she's not vegan anymore which i find so interesting that is like interesting. now she eats steak and stuff anyway Go on she in. saw the light clearly like myself eat steak everybody <laughs> uh if you're a vegan stop <laughs> it's so bad for you uh yeah i remember going to the doctor him being like you're a bit fucked speedy you need to start eating or i'm sending you to hospital for like a feeding tube essentially which oh my gosh I never, ever would have wanted that to happen. Um, Mm. Yeah, so I remember following her on Instagram and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start like making smoothies that she makes and things like that. And I very slowly started to increase the amount of food I was eating. I was still vegan, so it still allowed me a huge amount of control. Because when people are like, oh, do you want to get this? I'd be like, oh, no, sorry, I'm vegan. Like I'll get, you know, the the lower calorie version the like weird random side salad yeah yeah so you still had a lot of control like you weren't yeah you weren't like suddenly like living off mcdonald's or something no no uh yeah it was a slow kind of journey to eating eating again full stop like eating more than like an apple and a rice cracker a day oh my gosh i just when i think about that now i'm like how was i alive I know it is crazy what you what you can like the the absolute lengths you can push your body to yeah and it's so interesting because obviously it's manifests so physically like you're you're ill you're tiny you look sick Sick. yeah but it is it all stems from like a a kind of a mental health like a lack of control or Mm. you know some kind of deep anxiety like it stems from like such a you know or I guess yours sort of like you know when you're saying it started more so from people commenting on your body and things like that not that it was their fault but it was just like that was the catalyst to yeah and then I was like very obsessive about like models and I remember I would just go on Tumblr and they had all of these blogs about models and things and I would just like look at pictures of models like all the time how bad oh my god yeah that's so awful I would never ever do that now no but I see I I feel like now because you obviously started eating again you developed like a very like healthy strict vegan diet which you were in for a long long time yeah because and it, it it genuinely really helped me to kind of like recover because um, how long were you vegan after that? Like years. years. Like probably like four to five years. No more. You reckon? Yeah, because I was vegan for three years or for two and a half years. Yeah, so I would have been vegan for like two years longer than you. Maybe. Oh, yeah, true. Maybe four or five. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because I remember – because I feel like I, I – 
I was there when you, I was kind of around, but we were going, we spoke about this in the last episode, but we were sort of in our more lull of mm. our friendship where yeah. we didn't, we didn't speak like re- super, super frequently when mm. you were going through the eating disorder, but it was when we would go to Glory Jeans. I remember that's when you had the eating disorder. Yeah, I would have. Um, cause you were like in year 12. Mm. Um, and then I remember when we started doing our weekly dinners, you didn't have the eating disorder anymore. And it was so interesting. I was always really scared to ask you about it. Like I knew you'd yeah. had it and had come out of it, but I would never have asked you about it. I don't think we actually spoke about I don't, it. A lot of people, it's interesting. A lot of people felt that. Like yeah. I've had other friends be like, I knew you were really struggling, but I just didn't know how to talk to you about it or ask you about it. Yeah. It's like, I hope no one feels guilty. No. Like, please don't feel guilty about that. Any of my friends that are listening. Because, yeah. Like what an awkward thing to have a conversation yeah. with someone about. Especially and at that age. I even think my parents maybe potentially felt the same way. Yeah. Like if my brother's the one being like, Gay. there's something wrong and mm. you guys are not doing anything about it, which they didn't. Yeah. And I was saying that to my mum literally just the other day. She was like, oh, that's right. Like, you were really unwell. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, mum. Like, love you so much, but lacking a little on the inside there. <laughs> or just like, I don't know, maybe being like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. She'll yeah. grow. I think they were a bit like, oh, she'll grow out of it. Yeah, like it's a bit of a phase maybe. Yeah. <laughs> just and at that five age, years of my hard. life. Yeah, it was right. a long time. But I do remember, yeah, when we started going to dinner, you were you were vegan. And I wasn't when we first started having dinner. I wasn't mm. together. I wasn't vegan. And um, I, yeah, I would never, ever ask you about the eating disorder because mm. I was like, oh, I don't really want to. Like we talk about everything. But to be fair, we probably didn't talk about your eating disorder until the last few years. Yeah. I don't think you were ready to talk about it really. No, I think I also needed to be in a space where I had like re- recovered more. Yeah. And I think, cause I think it was I think such having a long- had a conversation closer to the time of having an eating disorder, it would have probably been a little bit triggering for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, and I remember we started having dinner and then I became vegan. I don't I don't even know Sorry about why. that. I, I didn't like make you feel like you had to be vegan. No, I don't think it was that. I don't I don't know it why. It was also it was such a trend back then. It was it was a trend to be vegan back then. It was a trend and all of those documentaries had come so out. So many and they were so popular and they so were, gruesome. Yeah, really convincing. Um and I think I watched one. It was like the only the you only will like conspiracy or something like that, which was a popular one back then. Yeah, and it's the only example of willpower I have in my whole life. It's just <laughs> one night being like to Enrico, okay, I'm I'm going vegan, and he was like, yeah, 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 sure. And I just didn't. Eat, I did go vegan for like two years, maybe. Mm. Um, and it's when I went vegan, I lost a lot of weight. Yeah. So, do you want to talk through that process a little bit? Yeah, so I I went vegan and I I cut out all animal products, obviously, Mm, like food products. And I, before that, I had probably weighed the heaviest I'd ever weighed. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you want to talk a little bit about like being like pre-vegan and then the process of going vegan and losing a bit of weight and things like that? Yeah, so I, in, so Right before I went vegan, I definitely weighed the heaviest I've I've ever weighed, and like no one commented on anything that mm. I that I remember. And because I remember, like for years after that, I'd be like, "Oh my god, like look at this photo of me! Like I can't believe you guys didn't say anything." You still do that now? Yeah, I do sometimes. <laughs> I mean, not now. Last year, um, no, but. No, I just say that was the time when I was bigger, and everyone's like, "You weren't even that big." I'm like, "Well, yeah, yeah but- like I didn't think you were, but." 
I, I don't know. I think for me, because I because when I went vegan, the the weight loss was drastic and quick. Yeah, it was. Like it was within within six months of going vegan, I think I lost like eight or nine kilos. Yeah. Like that's that's fast. And like mm. I wasn't like super big to begin with. Mm. Anyway. Um, so I lost a bunch of weight and then I started, I don't know. I think at that point I had a pretty toxic relationship with my body. I didn't have the best mental health. And I think, again, it probably came from a place of a little bit of control. I didn't restrict my eating in the sense of like, um, not eating or counting calories. Mm. And I never really exercised because I just am not a lover of exercise, Mm. um, or I wasn't then, um, and so I lost a lot of weight and I, I would start being like really like vocal about how much weight I'd lost. Like I was yeah, always I like, oh my God, that. look, I look so skinny. Look how much weight I've lost. Look, look at what fits me. Like, oh my God, look how thin I look in these, which is so gross. And I, I think it really, I do remember that being like a bit triggering for me actually. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it was. Cause I was, I would talk about it a lot. Cause I yeah. think at the time, like I was struggling with a lot of like, body image issues and just yeah. really not feeling I think I felt super insecure as a person and I didn't know myself very well and mm. so and I had a lot going on um kind With of behind the scenes and yeah. and yeah and I think I just really didn't feel myself and so it was manifesting as like well at least I look good kind of thing and, mm. and obviously that's so subjective like yeah looking good like yeah. in quotation you know um so yeah, then I, after that, I don't, I don't remember. Well, you kind of like, you got pregnant with Mars. Yeah. Like I was, yeah, I think I was still, yeah, I was still vegan when I got pregnant. Yeah. And I, now I look photos like back on photos of like when we got married and I'm like, oh my God, like yeah, you have a terrible skinny. relationship with your body. You are so tiny. You're mm. not eating enough. You don't sleep enough. But like, did you feel like. Did you feel like it was some kind of like body dysmorphia or like an eating disorder? Without- I don't think I had an eating disorder because I don't think like I was never restricting food in the sense more than living by a vegan diet. Like yeah, that right. was as restrictive so as it was. So you were still like eating like breakfast and lunch and dinner and snacking. Absolutely. And yeah. Stuff. I would yeah. still eat three meals and snack, but I would say I had really terrible body dysmorphia. Right. And I I think a lot of that I still feel now when Mm -hmm. I compare my body to what it was. Mm Because I think the worst comparison I do for my body is on my own body. Oh, of course. I think that's true for many people. I I am so bad at, like, going back through old photos and being like, oh. It's like, I've had two children. Of course my body looks different. Yeah. Like, um... So I'm really bad at comparing with that. And I still do that now. And I, I hate that I do it. But, you know, it's it's hard not to do it. Mm. Um, anyway, so then, yeah. But when I got pregnant with Mars, I remember I started eating fish pretty much straight away yeah. as soon as I got pregnant. I, I feel like, like our transition, well, at least for me, my transition out of being vegan, like we kind of did it together. It was, yeah. yeah. I actually, I remember, so I started having fish. I remember I was eating at a restaurant and there was like basically nothing else. And I was very early in my pregnancy and there was like basically nothing else for me to eat mm. on there except like maybe some hot chips or something and I was like you know what I'm gonna get <laughs> <Classic>. some <laughs> yummy love a hot chippy um I was like I'm gonna get some salmon and Rick was like yeah get the salmon like you'll love salmon kind of thing and so I did and then I would eat salmon like 
all the time. I would eat it like three times a week. And I started mm. feeling physically better. I had like better blood work. I felt I was sleeping better. I felt more energy. And I was like, okay, well, like this is good. I'm pregnant. So I need to have yeah. to make sure that I'm giving myself like what it needs. Um, and then I remember being like, it's so funny. I vividly remember I was like 20 something weeks pregnant. You were over for dinner and Rick had gone. Tony wasn't there for some reason, but Rick had gone. It was when he was doing dinner with his other, with his mates. Oh, and okay, so you yeah. were over and Rick had gone out and you were like, oh, let's get grilled. And we'd always get that vegan the, burger, um, which actually was yummy. They're, yeah, still yummy. Still slaps. I'd rather meat, but it was yummy. Yeah. Um, but, now I'm like thinking I had grilled last night and literally had like a Wagyu beef burger. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yum i want grilled oh, yum. um anyway and then i remember you were like let's just get chicken let's just I do remember, it i remember that day tony and i had like we'd recently moved house and we just did it the two of us on a really hot day and i remember coming to your house and feeling so just depleted of energy yeah yeah and then i remember being like let's get a fucking chicken burger yeah you're like we're doing it and i was i i felt so guilty which is so oh, weird no, like so funny. Yeah. anyway i felt so guilty and you were like no nah, we're doing it we're getting one and i think you ended up ordering it because i was like so hesitant yeah and then we ate it and I took a photo of us eating it and um, <laughs> I'll share it. Um, and <laughs> we still have it. I do. I do have it in my oh, phone. I always go through and delete photos and I always keep that one because I'm like, it's just so funny Monumental, to me. Yeah. Um, and then from then my relationship with food was a lot better. I would yeah, like same. eat whatever. And I have a good relationship with food now. Like I'll eat whatever. I'm not like mm. super fussy. I think it took me a lot to go from obviously my body was changing so much at the time. So it's sort of hard for me to figure out what the like transition for all of that was because I was pregnant. Yeah. But like I've spoken about before about feeling great whilst being pregnant. And then I think the next biggest change I had to like kind of navigate was postpartum. Mm, Yeah. How in terms of your already pre-existing body kinds of issues like with when you say like body dysmorphia what does that look like to you or feel like to you what like does that mean looking in the mirror and being like oh look at my legs like they're yeah, huge absolutely. yeah it's like looking at my own body and being like oh I don't like that I don't like that why is this so huge why do I have you know fat here when it's like fat it's skin like yeah. it's not I think I think after Mars though I <clears throat> I was really exhausted. I was breastfeeding a lot and I lost a lot of weight quickly. Yeah. And when I look back on my body after having Mars, it doesn't really look a lot different. I'm sure at the time I felt like it was, but it doesn't, it doesn't look a lot different to what it did before I had him. And, and that, that makes, that makes me, you know, I don't want anyone to have ever compared, oh, well, you've had a baby. Why do you look like that? And I look like this Mm. because that's how I feel now after Milo. I'll look at people and be like, well, fuck, like, how do I get my body to look like that? Or look at photos of my own body after having Mars and be like, okay, well, that's my body. Like, how do I get back there? It's like, Mm. I've now breastfed two babies for a total of like four years years going, probably like we'll end up going to four. And I, I don't tandem feed, by the way. That's what that sounded like. Oh. I absolutely stopped breastfeeding at like one and a half, but I've now fed Mello for a year and a half. Um, and yeah, my body is so different. My hips are wider. My boobs are saggier. My, I have, I carry weight in different places. I have a lot less muscle. I have like a lot less natural toning in my body, which was really hard for me. Like my butt was way more plumper before I had mm. kids because you have a lot of natural glute muscle, but 
after I've had kids, like that's just gone. Yeah. Um, so I think I now really, really, really struggle with a lot of body dysmorphia. Yeah. Right. Which is so frustrating. And it, it feels so many conversations I have and with so many other mums, like we'll just get into a pit of being like, Oh, like our body, like I just don't, I, would, I don't want to have fat here. I don't want to look like this. And it's mm. like, you know, in, logically, I know you've you've created two children. The, the mm. two children that are, that are mine, like, I grew them in my body. I pushed them out what? of my body. Like, crazy. Crazy. But it just comes along with so many changes. And it's like, as much as I know that, I still feel such a pressure to look a certain way. Yeah. Where do you feel like that pressure comes from? Like, it's a societal pressure or it's, like, pressure from social media or is it an internal pressure? I think it's an internal pressure that's fueled by a societal pressure. Yeah. I think it's like, I've just like grown up in this, well, we've both grown up with social media becoming such a big thing and a way to look and a a very like a body ideal, like a very Mm. specific body ideal and the kind of love yourself in quotation movement didn't come until the last, what, four years? Yeah. Five years and maybe. even then like sure that's sort of been a trend that's come through it's like love yourself and love your body but also like still be rail thin yeah exactly. or then it's like actually no um have a huge booty like the kardashians yeah or, yeah have an itty bitty waist yeah and it's like that's that's your that not every not everyone can have that like mm. not everyone can build some like huge ass not everyone can have an hourglass figure not yeah. everyone can have big titties like yeah. not you <laughs> definitely um, <laughs> not me unless i seek surgical intervention but <laughs> that's what i find so sad though is like women women's insecurities are just commodified by the world absolutely and also your insecurities are different to my insecurities so when you're insecure about something mm. i'm like should, should i be insecure about yeah. that what does my body look like that when i'm complaining about oh my god i put on weight here i'm skinny i'm triggering you because you used to have an eating disorder it's like it's oh, such a, a vicious cycle. It's such a vicious cycle. And it's mm. honestly, I, I like, I struggle to see a way out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tricky to kind of, I guess. Am I going to wrap it up there? The yeah. <laughs> and that's that on body image. Um, it's fucked and it will never leave. <laughs> no, but I think like it just, it is such a mount. It just feels like such a mountain to climb. It's like mm. every day I look in the mirror, I feel something different about my body. Some days it's fantastic. Some days I'm really proud of myself. Some days I feel like absolute shit. Some days I pick apart every little thing. Mm. I'm sure you like you do the same thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, feel- actually, I remember you used to, sorry, side note, but I remember you used to just absolutely refuse to have a mirror. Yeah. Like and a, a I still, wing. I still now like, if I exercise at home, I do it in front of the mirror. But honestly, it's not to like body check. It's just to make sure I have form. good form. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think that's something that's that's honestly a, a helpful tip. Just avoid looking at your body in full length mirrors. Yeah. If that's if that's something that's going to be helpful, I've personally found that helpful. Yeah. I will not stand in front of the one mirror that I have in my house and be like, oh. You're looking a little, you know, wide around the ass or yeah. or anything. I just don't really do that anymore. See, we used to in the room we used to have it was just all mirrors. I was like that massive yeah. mirror wardrobe. Whereas now we just have the one like you, mm. that one full length mirror. So I feel like I definitely do it less yeah. now, but I still do it. One thing I think that was really helpful growing up, sorry, I remember because my older sister, 
um, who we've spoken about, she had quite a severe eating disorder when she was really young, like mm. 13 or something. Mm. And so my mum was super, um, like, conscious? switched on. Yeah. yeah, super conscious of that kind of thing. And I remember my whole life, like, I would say to her, like, oh, I want to get, like, scales, like, to weigh myself. And she was like, no. We were never allowed scales. We never, ever, ever in my whole entire life had scales That's in the house. That's so healthy. Ever. And she Whereas was like, we absolutely did. not. And I would weigh yeah. myself constantly. Yeah. I do remember my mum, like, trying to hide them and stuff, but I'd always find them. Yeah, so interesting. It's interesting as well, though, because I feel like both of our mums have, like, quite healthy relationships with their body. Absolutely. Like, my mum at least around me she would never make comments about her body she'd mm. never speak badly about her body like she was just very like body neutral yeah just like she was like this is my vessel for living life and having four kids mm. and she never was picking apart anything or being hypercritical of herself in any way which i think is now that i'm older is really helpful yeah and also yeah i think my parents not doing anything about having me about me having an eating disorder is probably something I need to go through with a therapist. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird though. I don't like hold a grudge against them for it. I am just a little bit like, why didn't you guys do anything? Like yeah. if I had a kid who was struggling with that, I'd be like, okay, we're seeing a psychologist. Yeah, stat. But then it's like, is that, is that because you know, you've experienced it, you know what, like yeah. if your mum, if your mum had such like, it was, felt so neutral toward her body and was like happy with how she looked and didn't give it a lot of thought, mm. maybe she just assumed that you wouldn't either. Yeah, potentially. But then if she's hiding the scales, it's like, obviously she kind of knew. Oh, she knew. Yeah. Cause like she'd come into my room and like find food that I'd like hidden and stuff and be like, why are you doing this? Like, That's what? So don't do that. It's very sneaky. Like, she'd get it. Like, she would almost get, like, annoyed at me. That's so interesting. Yeah, but anyway. That's, um, that's like, a whole, like, family history that I probably won't delve into on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but it is yeah, but it is so interesting. interesting. It's interesting to think about it now as, like, a 30-year-old woman. Yeah. Like, wow, what, what would I do if I had, like, a young teenage girl experiencing well, that? Absolutely. And I think having kids young for me or younger, I guess, I don't know how old people are when they have kids now, but... Mm. Like 40? Yeah, but I think, like, because I'm very much, like, I'm experiencing my body differently every day. I do comment on my body. I do, you know, have meltdowns over what I'm going to wear because nothing fits me the way that I want it to fit Mm. me or my body doesn't look the way that I want it to look or whatever. You know, I have two little kids that, Mm. one, one that would understand what I'm saying, um... And obviously, you know, Melo doesn't understand right now, but she will. And it's like, I have to be really conscious of that when I'm saying it, who I'm saying it to, how I'm saying mm. it, the words that I'm using, Yeah, you know, like I, I would never like call myself fat or something like that because, you know, I don't feel like that's, I don't want to use, I don't want to use that word to describe myself. I don't feel like I am. So I wouldn't, but I, I just like, you know, I don't want Mars to be like, just like holding those things, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Like that would that would make also me so like sad. the word fat in the past has been, you know, used as like I, a hurtful, yeah, like a hurtful kind of insult for people. But there's definitely been a a movement or a trend towards people just being like, yeah, I am fat. Yeah, see, but I feel like, like the re- reclaiming of a word. Yeah, yeah, but I see. I feel like my the way that my brain operates is still like so impacted by 
what that word would have meant to me in like 2009. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just so interesting. Like I wish unlearning was an easier process. Oh, it's so not though. It's and so it's hard. so hard to focus on unlearning and also just like trying to live life now and do do yeah. what I have to do every day. Like yeah. it's it's such a it's such a long process. What um what do you feel like your current kind of relationship with your body is? And obviously you've I feel like you've recently become more like aware of like previous struggles and how that's impacted you currently. Mm. But I've noticed lately we were kind of talking on this before talking about this before we started recording, but I've noticed lately you have um, really moved into like a different stage of Mm. like body image. I don't know. Like you've really started um, thinking about how you can just move your body and you're not like exercising and working out and eating healthy. You're just like, (laughs) Feeding your body, moving your body, you know. Yeah. Like your language about it has changed even. Mm. It's very perceptive of you, sweetie. Thanks, babe. I know you pretty well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just quickly wanted to go back as well to kind of like my trajectory of like moving out of an eating disorder, being vegan, mm. still maintaining that level of control, getting into a relationship with Tony, him yeah. just being literally obsessed with me, yeah, which really helped. Like he made me feel really sexy, really beautiful through all the stages of my body. Like yeah. I think early on in our relationship, I probably put on a lot, a lot more weight and I was like a lot more curvy and, um, you know, he just absolutely frothed that, which that's been really helpful. Then I stopped being vegan and my world just opened up in terms of food and eating way less like carby foods and stuff. But yeah, I would say now I'm much more focused on like feeling good not Mm. so much less about like looking a particular way and don't get me wrong like being slim is still something that like is on my mind Mm. but it's not as pervasive as it's been in the past and I yeah I don't know I think it also comes from like I enjoy feeling good and feeling healthy and for me to feel those things like I need to lift weights and be strong and I want to be strong and if I want to be strong like I have to eat good Mm. food and not restrict things and and nourish my body okay just to sort of start wrapping up the conversation what are some things that you do now to help you with your body to help foster a, a healthier relationship with your body um i feel like this year well not particularly 2023 but over the last 12 months mm. i have really started to think about what I can do to physically feel better and have more energy and then be more comfortable with the body that I have. And I think I recognized that as being, I do need to exercise for my own mental health as Mm. well as my physical health. I think when I feel in quotation lazy, Mm. I my relationship with my body is negatively impacted. So I did sign up to the gym and I'm not saying that anyone who feels shit about their body should sign up to the gym because I don't think that that's true. I don't think you need a gym membership to feel good about your body at all. I'm just saying in my personal experience. Yeah. yeah, And I'm just not the type of person who is like self-motivated enough. I wish I was to like go out and exercise. You're really exercise. You're really good at that. And Rico's really good at that. Like, Mm. and I think having a husband that, 
And this is in no way his fault, but he mm. is such an active person. He really enjoys exercise. He exercises every day. Like, yeah, he eats what he wants. He's super free with his body, but he's always moving. He really prioritizes it. And so when he encourages me to do that in my like in my head, warped that, little brain. Yeah, in my warped brain that's experienced so many different phases of my body and so much body dysmorphia off the back of that. I I kind of misconstrue it as like, you need to exercise in the Mm. sense that like, he's telling me I need to exercise to look a certain way, which is absolutely not what he means. And I logically know that, but God, anxiety is just uncontrollable sometimes. Or not even anxiety, just like self-construing what people say. And I think I'm really, really terrible at that. And I'm trying to become better at that because I know that that will help me feel better. But going to the gym to organized gym classes where I don't have to give any thought to the exercise other than to do it mm. is really helpful for me. It makes me feel a lot better mentally and physically. Um, also, just like, I don't really know what else. I think that's the main thing that really helps. And then just trying really hard not to compare to my body and to compare my body sorry to itself and remind myself that this is the current phase of my body it's probably going to look different in a year from now um and also reminding myself of what it's done you know it's been through a lot it's carried and birthed two babies I have pushed it to its absolute limits Mm. um it's carried me through a lot so I think also just reminding myself of that but there are also little things that I have to do every day to um you know, make myself feel even just like placate myself on the days where I feel like I have a bad relationship with my body. It's like, yeah, it's really just like, how do I get past that? How do I get through that? How do I remind myself of what I've done? This, the phase that I'm in, how do I look at my body differently and frame, you know, frame it up different? How do I approach the mirror differently? It's like all different things. I feel like for me, it's at the moment, it's very much a mental game rather Mm -hmm. than a physical. Yeah. Um, But yeah, going to the gym or exercise movement does really help me feel more in control, I think. And I really need that as a a human. I mean, you know what I'm like. Yeah. But what about you? Uh, I think for me, a lot of it, again, a lot of, uh, I suppose, mental kind of stuff in the sense of like separating the fact from like this is just a physical vessel for me to do other things with and it's not something that I need to constantly critique or build upon or restrict Mm. uh so I think that's helpful as well like just kind of being like this is just like a little flesh vessel you know that's how I see like getting tattoos and stuff I'm like fuck who cares what you get like it's just skin it's just a body it's not it's not who I am it doesn't define Mm. me like the kind of person I am is what should be my defining characteristics absolutely so much easier said than done and obviously I still feel the pressure to like look a certain way and you know I don't just like blow out and eat whatever I want all the time but I definitely have a much healthier relationship with food I definitely have a much healthier relationship with my body and I think a lot of that also comes down to very consciously like I would never in my life follow Emrata on Instagram yeah like honey you are not getting a follow from me because you're too hot like Mm. you are too 
out of this world unattainable so there's there's little things like that that i do i just don't sort of like partake in that like social media following of people that have these really unrealistic body types Mm. and i do i think that that's helpful and it's a conscious thing that i think a lot of people could do and maybe find it helpful as well Um, i just thought another thing i do is follow some of those like celeb face like oh so um, helpful yeah where they show you like this is the unedited version yeah Yeah. i actually find that really helpful because i'm like okay it's not real yeah yeah it's good it's not all real Yeah. yeah Um, but also I'm not really someone that's like really into celebs, celeb goss, what are celebrities doing? I don't give a fuck what they're doing. I do. Yeah. Where I feel like a lot of other people are like, what are celebrities doing? Oh my God. I wish I didn't, but I do. Yeah. Um, and I could see how that would be unhelpful for me if I was still in like more of a uncertain kind of phase with my body yeah yeah, i don't want anyone thinking like wow amy's really like healed herself i definitely still have my struggles i definitely still will critique my body but i would say for the most part i have a much healthier relationship with my body with moving my body with just existing and obviously some of this stuff is like genetic and Mm. you know we're obviously two white privileged women who have you know size eight to 10 bodies. Like we're we're out here fitting the mold of a lot of, (laughs) a lot of the ideals that society has for people. Mm. Uh, Yeah. So I think coming, I also think just having a gratefulness for your body as well and what it does. And you know, you can walk, you can run, you can breathe, you can jump. Like that's amazing. Like that's not something to critique and feel really down about. Like, you know, both of us walk through this world with an immense amount of privilege for being like slim white women. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I think recognizing that too, like there's a lot of people out there who are not as able bodied Mm. as us. A good, a good, uh, a good reminder, good harsh reminder sometimes that works wonders. Yeah. So yeah, I think that might be all we have for today. Yeah, it's a a big topic. Yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing. Thanks for diving into some semi traumatizing things. I know you've been through. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) All right, well, we'll be back next week with another episode. So we hope you liked listening. Yeah, Um, please, if you are enjoying listening. If you could leave a little review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening, that would be amazing. We love you for it. Five-star reviews only, though, obviously. <laughs> okay. Um, love, love you guys. guys. Bye. Bye.